What do I define about growing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, you respond. Are you kidding me? Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everybody, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkAndSpill.com, and I'm excited about this episode. This is a hashtag The Spill segment. I've got a very special guest on, and we're talking about a couple different things that I think is really relevant right now, but also something to come back to regularly, every season, every quarter, every year, every so often. Um, we're talking about organization, decluttering, Right? We're talking about getting your space to be a, a phenomenal work live space. I know a lot of us are dealing with working from home, right? And maybe we didn't plan to do that. And now our living spaces have turned into work spaces and Netflix spaces and eating and cooking and all the things. We're doing all the things in our homes now. So how can you better organize yourself? How can you better declutter? How can you get rid of stuff you don't need and show up to your space ready and energized every day? And um, I've got a really perfect guest to have this conversation. Her name is Rebecca, and um, she is the CEO and founder of an organization. It's actually a home organization and wellness company. And what she basically does is she helps women, typically women of color, eliminate clutter and just all kinds of color. We're, we're talking internal as well as external clutter um, in their homes, in their lives, et cetera, and just boost themselves. Um, and I'm really excited. Rebecca, thank you so much for uh, for being on the show this week. Hi, Whitney. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I'm excited to have you. So I didn't actually give them your IG handle yet. I forgot. So let's talk about that. So your IG is at Organize for Love, all spelled normal. And your website is organizedforlove.com. So how did you come up with that name? Mm, so, well, my middle name is Love. And so I try to incorporate Love into all of my brand names. Um, like my personal brand name is Rebecca Love. So Love is something that it's like an affirmation. It's a meditation. It's a commitment. It's a responsibility that I just live by. And so I knew that when I created Organize, when I created my organization company, I knew I wanted love to be in the name and I wanted organization to be in the name because I wanted people to know that that's what it was about. Um, and the friend of mine actually helped me come. She helped me come up with the name. At first it was organized with love. And so um, organized for love is just because we're doing it for a reason. I love that. I actually thought your last name was love. And I don't know if yeah. I got that from your website. Cause I was like, I, I don't know where I saw it. It may have been like an email or something somewhere on your website. And I was like, Oh wow. I think her last name is love, but I love that it's your middle name. And yeah. I love that you've incorporated this into basically everything that you're doing. Yeah. A lot of people may think it's my last name. Cause I just take my last name away and I do use love. So I go by Rebecca love. Um, so you were not mistaken to think it was my last name. You're not the first or the last to think that. That's so funny. I love it though. I think it's great. And I will say too, your Instagram page is phenomenal. Like, Thank you so much. Oh gorgeous. <laughs> I love it so much. Thank so you. 
I um, I'm actually going to give a shout out to Afro Yoga by Angie. I think is her IG handle. Her name is Angie, and she's a designer. She's a yogi, and she has some of the like coolest graphics and photos and stuff. And she was helping me just understand a little bit more about color schemes and mm. palettes, like color palettes. And I was, she was like, you need a color scheme. And I'm like, I have one. Like, these are my three colors. She's like, black and white don't count. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I had to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> Literally, it took me, it took me a long time to try to understand how to create a color palette. And it's crazy how colors emit certain emotions and they um, or elicit certain emotions and they, you just associate certain colors with certain things. And mm -hmm. I, I love the colors that you've chosen here. So tell us a little bit about what the vibe is of your brand and the work that you do and how you elicit feelings of decluttering and of releasing. Yes. I also love colors. I'm a color. I love anything that's not black and white. Um, even though white is one of my favorite colors. So yes, with my Instagram, I, um, last summer I was working with a graphic designer briefly and we were thinking about the different colors to use and how to incorporate them with my brands and my Instagram page specifically. And, you know, pink is one of my favorite, absolute favorite colors. There was like a time where I resisted that being my favorite color, but now I just kind of like accepted it. Now I feel content and at peace with pink being my favorite color. Um, and so the shade of pink that I use for my business and brand is mauve pink, which is more of like a blush pink. Um, this was the pink we landed on is because it's more of an, uh, it's more of a grown and sexy um, pink and a bit more adult adult pink versus like um, a pink that's like versus a Barbie pink or a pink that may give you like you're buying toys for a little girl. So you're going to notice this after I say this, but you may see a lot of women with um, velvet pink couches and a lot of them are mauve pink. So that's the shade that I go with. And um, for that very reason, a lot of women that do go for pink, they're going with this like blush um deep pastel-y pink that mauve is um yellow um was a color that i love because it is yellow you know yellow is happiness i wanted to choose um a yellow that resonated with black women and so that's how we arrived at the mustard yellow uh, mustard yellow looks beautiful on brown skin and so i wanted to bring that particular shade of yellow in and the other color is green. Um, specifically, it's a um, it's a not an olive green. It's a forest green. We wanted to bring all of the uh, colors together with a color that is grounding. And so, because we're talking about home and we're talking about you know centering yourself, whether it's inside or in your physical home environment, um, choosing a grounding color like. Forest green was really important because it brings um, it brings everything together. Um, it makes you, you know, has that grounding effect. So that is some of the psychology of the colors that I chose and why, just a bit of it. I love it. Yeah. And I think, you know, you have to be, you don't have to, but if you're coming up with a nice feed or you're coming up with graphics and you're doing content for 
Instagram or for a website or even for like a room. If you're redesigning a room, it's important to think about what the purpose is and who it's for and what's going to work for that person, what they may like and feel comfortable in. And I mean, it really, that's a really great transition into talking about spaces. So I know that, um, I've personally been super interested in architecture and interior design like forever, um, just because I love art and I love design and I love the process of going from, you know, drab to fab or from an idea to being able to create that in real life. That for me has always been like a a small obsession. It doesn't matter what we're designing um, or what we're creating. I've always loved that process. So can you walk me through a little bit more into how you work with women in different types of spaces, whether it's a a whole room or a whole apartment, or maybe it's just like a nook in their home. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it's definitely a very personalized journey. Um, And so women usually first, when we have a conversation, the entry point is really through um, their pain point or something that is really frustrating them. And most of the time it's everything, right? So everything is frustrating them. And usually we start talking about something that is pretty much unrelated to their home. And so that is when, um, I try to make the connections between what their pain points in their real world and how it connects to their home. And usually, um, when I'm speaking to women, they, are very aware of what they don't like in their home. That is something they know for sure. This is what I don't like. This is what's frustrating me. Um, A lot of women, and these are just the initial conversations. A lot of women have already tried to organize and declutter their home and feel unsuccessful or feel that they haven't been able to maintain a system or structure. And so through the initial conversation for me is to identify what is it that's frustrating in their home And really, what can we do? What type of systems can we implement? Um, The possible systems, right? And after the initial conversation, we uh, schedule an in-person consultation. And so through the in-person consultation, that is when I can see what specific structures and systems um, should be implemented and where we need to start implementing them. What's the first space was the first room was the first corner that we can address that would give us the maximum results. Um, and so when I'm on the phone with the initial conversation, I can tell you all the different things that you can do. But once I see your space in person, I can say, this is the exact thing that we need to do. And this is exactly where we need to get started. And so the in-person consultation is usually where all of the planning, um, starts because I can see what's going on and then I can um, start, uh, I can make an assessment and then I can, we can begin making a plan of how to implement um, the new system. And so from the in-person consultation, then we have the declutter sessions where we, we begin, we implement the plan. And so it's a very personalized journey. um, And it's a very, it's a fairly quick journey, um, even though that could sound like a lot. most of my clients are done within 30 days. So that's awesome. 30 days and you have a new <laughs> space. I mean, I'm, I would love that. So you are in New York city. Cause I know that's the question that I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, where is she based? She's doing in-person stuff. So you're based yeah. in New York, right? 
Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So for me, my question is, you know, what are you experiencing or what have you been dealing with when it comes to folks who are used to having a live space that's like occasionally a workspace and occasionally a a chill space, but who have now gone from that kind of separation to their space is now everything in one place space. And there's a lot of angst and I feel like disarray is probably the best word for it. Um, Mm -hmm. I know I've had to convert parts of my living space to accommodate this. I find that I'm working in my bed more. I find that I've got, you know, I'm just, I'm not walking as much because, you know, you're not up and about, you're not going here and there, you're not traveling places. So how have you been dealing with this with your clients or have you seen anything or do you have any tips for folks right now about that? For sure. So what I have been suggesting, which is usually the best um, course of action is really identifying. And this, um, this advice assumes that you have the space right? Because a lot of people just don't have the space. And so that's when there's different information that I give. Um, But assuming that you have the space for this, and it doesn't have to be a lot. So you want to choose a space to work in and make a decision on what space you're going to use as you work from home. Is it going to be your island and your kitchen? Is it going to be your couch? Is it going to be your dining room table? Is it going to be your bed? Is it going to be your vanity and your bedroom? So it's really about choosing a space. What's the best space that you want to work in or just the best space under the circumstances? So once you choose that space, you decide on it and you um, you finalize it and don't change it. Right. That's the space. That's it. So you choose, decide, you lock in that decision. The next thing you want to do is create work hours. Um, So the work hours means that during this time, you're going to be working at this space. So this work hours are so important because say you don't have additional space and say um, you want to work from your island kitchen, but your island kitchen, you also prep food and you also cook and you also eat, right? So that means that you want to create boundaries around this island and this Space and you want to be able to distinguish during these hours from 11 to 3, I'm working at my island on work. All other hours, it can be used as a prep space for food. And other hours, it can be used as a space for me to clean, um, for me to eat. So that way, your mind is able to you know, compartmentalize that this island is the workspace during this time. And so it's really, really helpful with boundaries and it's really, really helpful with focus. And it's super, super helpful with peace of mind because you know, during these time, during this hour to this hour, this is the workspace. All other times, it's everything else or whatever it is. And then the third uh, thing is really about reinforcements. So say you have small children and say, you choose the island as your kitchen, as your uh, workspace, and you want to be able to reinforce the space as the workspace during the hours, right? So you want to have a conversation with people in the household. I'm working at the island from 11 to 3, right? So you want to reinforce the rule and the decision that you made by having a conversation with everyone in your household 
And then to even follow up with that, you want to create um, consequences for what happens. Say you have a 10 year old that may come to speak to you between the hours of 11 to three, right? That means that they're interrupting you during your work time, right? So you want to choose a space, choose a time, and then choose a, you want to have a conversation with people in your household because you want to reinforce that this space is the workspace during this time. So this is helpful with boundaries and this is helpful to reinforce the boundaries. So it really, really helps with like structure. That is what we're, we're trying to create structure in like, in chaos. So that is what I, that, that's like my top suggestion for working from home during um, this social isolation. That makes sense. And I've, I, I'm starting to understand and be able to piece together how you are incorporating wellness into this. Cause I know a lot of people are like, well, what is, what is like my room and all that have to do with wellness? And it's like, yeah, but there's so many levels to that. And there is a lot of, I guess, self-control or self-awareness, self-understanding, self-reflection. If you're getting rid of things um, that you have to incorporate into that. Plus your, your spaces are typically very personal. Even if you're not somebody who's into design or, you know, somebody who's into getting this vibe in your room, you know, maybe you're not somebody who lights candles or likes art, but you know, it doesn't matter. That's still part of like the way that you like to have and create a space for yourself. Um, and it's still deeply personal. So the wellness aspect, I do want to talk a bit more about because you mentioned creating structure in your day and having boundaries and then communicating that and all of that really is is very personal and it it is part of the wellness side of your business. So tell me tell us a little bit more about how you've gotten that through to people, how to balance the physical space and the internal space. This is so good. I love the connection because I think most of us we we know that there's a connection between wellness and your space. Like this is not really, it's not a new concept. I just think is we, we don't know how it shows up. How does wellness show up in your space and how does the lack of, you know, wellness show up in that space. And so, so let's think about how we work when we're at work, and we're at an office, we think of, you know, work environments. We think of healthy work environments. What are things that need to be in the office to create a conducive work environment, right? So we know instinctually that, you know, maybe noise may not be the best thing um, for some people, right? Talking may be something that could be distracting, Music can be distracting, but music can actually be helpful for some people. So you're right. It is a very personal thing. And so when we think about a work environment, we think about the things that are conducive for us, that's helpful to us. And think about coworkers that are okay with talking. Think about coworkers that like to have conversation, you know, between the cubicles. And that's a part of their, you know, workflow. The same thing is for a home you know, being in a space that you not only sleep in for eight hours, but you spend most of your time outside of your workspace. What is a conducive home environment that makes you feel good, 
that is helpful towards your focus. That's helpful towards you getting through your day to day. That's helpful when you get dressed. That's helpful, you know, for when you're going to sleep. And so when we go, if we think about the example of music, you know, music is something that fills us all with so much joy and love and it has it evokes so many different emotions and so when you think about music in the home what does music in the home do for you right it can spark joy it can you know it can make you it can allow you to wind down from your evening and so these are just a this is just an example of the type of things that can happen in your home that create a healthy home environment. And these are all connected to wellness because you decide what are the things that you need in your immediate environment environment that, you know, contributes to your wellness. And so the personal touch is you have to be in tune with what makes you feel well, what makes you feel happy, you know, what makes you get, what ma- what helps you throughout your day, what helps you leave and go into the world feeling good about yourself, feeling like a productive contributing citizen. Right. And so all of these things start at home. And so it's really identifying like, what are those things that help you? So for me, and I'm using music, right? Because I I love music. That's something that's really important to me in, in my household. It's so important. Like my husband, he, um, he invested in, um, these really beautiful speakers. And so we have a speaker in the living room and we have a speaker in the bathroom. We're going to get another speaker in the bedroom and the kitchen. And for us, it just allows us to listen to different type of music throughout our day. Like we can have different music playing in the living room from the bathroom. So like, that's really important to us music. And this is just a one element that it helps us get up in the morning. It helps us start our day. It helps us feel energetic or it helps us wind down in the evening when we, we got home, when we get home from work. And so it's really deciding like what makes you feel well and what are things that you can incorporate in your home that contribute to that wellness. Mm. And I think this is a really important time for people to start considering that mm-hmm. because, you know, again, we're, the, the the paradigm has shifted with how we experience being at home. And mm-hmm. a lot of us are under immense stress. We are anxious. We are overwhelmed. We're frustrated. I mean, there's yeah. some people are scared. I mean, there's a lot of emotions going on and we need to try our best to use, I feel, to use our spaces as ways to boost us when we have those moments. And I know music is a huge part of my life as well. And, you know, that's a huge thing that you can add in. That's very simple and that you're probably already doing it, but you're just not thinking about it in that way, but that you could do more of and, you know, starting your day with a playlist, ending your day with a playlist, taking a break for dancing or whatever it is that you need to do. Um, and I think the aromatherapy part of it is important. I love candles and, you know, yeah. incense and, um, and the colors, like you mentioned, and I love the natural light that gives me a boost. And so I think we all know what, for the, the most part, what boosts us in our in our living and work environments. But I think now is a really important time to start trying to create that. So do you have any tips around how people can start doing that without maybe breaking the bank or um, without cluttering up their space too much? Mm. I love 
starting with decluttering, like what can you eliminate out of your space? I think my first point of reference is really, really clearing your space of things that you don't love, that um, don't add to the space, that aren't being used. And I think a lot of times is, sometimes we think there are wonderful things that we can bring into the home, just like you mentioned. Um, I love candles too. I love aromatherapy, Um, opening up the shades, opening up the window, you know, playing music, all of these small things are super, super helpful. Um, but for me and for me, um, it's really about like what, what in my space already is, um, producing love and joy. And so if something doesn't do that, it needs to go. So I think really sorting through items and really decluttering. So that means maybe looking through your paperwork, right. And going through old bills that you don't need going through documents that you don't need the feeling and the action of eliminating things that alone really, and I think it's undermined how much um, that helps you feel good in your space, right? Because a lot of us may be feeling claustrophobic and there's so much beauty in having space for the sake of having space. And all of the clutter that is in your home, I think that that to me is like the first thing to do. Just like you said, not breaking the bank. It's not about bringing things into the home, but it really is about taking things out of the home to highlight the beautiful things that um, add to your your life already. I love that. That right there. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm listening to episodes, I, I, I look for a little like nuggets of, of just wisdom and beauty. And that sentence was absolutely like the soundbite for this whole episode, I feel, because- I like that's, sound bites. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And, but I love that. I feel like I've learned so much and we've barely really known each other and we've barely really spoken. And just yeah, for me, a huge aha moment has been this, this wellness piece that keeps coming back to me where I guess I wasn't really aware that our, our wellness really is affected by our spaces. And I know that, you know, when we're working, it's good to switch it up. It's good to have good lighting for our eyes and for, you know, if you're sensitive to light or if you're sensitive to sunshine and stuff like that, like there are certain things you can be mindful of, but it's just, it's, it's so powerful. And then being able to think about that in the respect of like right now being it a really crazy time, how can we do that? And then you just saying that, it's not about buying stuff. We're in this culture of like, give me more, give me more Britney Spears. It's like, just give me, give me, give me. And I, and I feel like what you said about taking rid of the stuff that doesn't work anymore, that isn't adding joy, isn't adding value, isn't sparking something in you. So that way you can highlight what actually does is profound. I love that. Yeah, it's it's making me think of the um, simplicity, and I mm. think I think it's 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 not a it's not a complex concept, right? Um, but I think there's something about simplicity that I think generally we humans have a hard time working towards. You know, we complicate a lot, and I think um, simplicity really could be like the return home. 
how do you return to yourself, to your home as yourself and to your home? It's really about like simplifying things and, you know, eliminating things and releasing things that you don't need. It's, it's really a wonderful place to start because that that is just, you just simplify the whole process. You simplify everything where you're just like, well, let me start with what doesn't belong, right? And so it feels complicated. It feels like, oh, right. I should start there. But it's it's not necessarily the first place we think of. And, and we all do it in different ways for different reasons in different areas, like just complicating things. But yes, for sure. It's all about simplicity. And, and that's why I love starting with decluttering. Well, and then I think, you know, we get a, we get this bad rap. I think we give ourselves this bad rap. We, we put the decluttering process under this umbrella, in my opinion, where it's like, we kind of shun all of the things that we have and, and almost make ourselves feel bad for having, why do we have so much stuff? And then you're like, well, why do I have so many things that don't spark joy? Right. Because you start to, you start to generalize the whole space. Oh, I don't like this space because it's blank. Right. It's It's too dull. It's too this, it's too busy. It's too, it's whatever it is. And because we feel like we're missing something, we end up missing a lot more because there is a lot of good stuff that we do have in that space typically. And I think too, you've got to give yourself some credit a lot of times, most stuff that we have are things that we brought into that space. So let's give right. ourselves credit and say, well, not everything you bought is unnecessary. Not everything you purchased right. was an impulse buy. And right. some of the stuff that you have is really, really good. And, and there are memories there. You just haven't thought about it in a while, mm-hmm. right? That, that shot mm-hmm. glass that you brought back from Barcelona. I mean, think about that. Or, you know, that that thing that you got for your birthday from so-and-so. I mean, some of these things really do hold value and we don't think about it because we're focusing on this zoomed out version of a space mm-hmm. that we're not happy in. And I think mm-hmm. that happens a lot. If we're going to talk about wellness, we're going to talk about our personal lives. If we're going to talk about, you know, our anything, anything you can think of that you're unhappy with, typically you've zoomed out and started to generalize that. Maybe you're unhappy in your relationship. Maybe you're, you're feeling kind of frumpy, like, oh, I'm eating too much during this quarantine, you know, and you're zooming out and you're kind of forgetting that, wow, I've been eating at home, but I haven't been to, you know, McDonald's. I haven't ordered a ton of crap. Mm -hmm. I haven't been binge drinking. I haven't been doing whatever it is that you, you kind of do sometimes and you forget what's kind of right in front of you or what's Mm. what's in the forefront versus what's zoomed out. And that Mm -hmm. I think is a very good, um, I think it's a really important thing to mention. When people oh, are decluttering. Yes. No, that's so good because it's like, it's almost the expression throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my God, I hate my living room. Oh my God. Saying I hate my living room or I hate, I hate this corner or the way that this wall is, is structured or built into, I hate my living room into, I hate my apartment. Right. It's like, like you said, generalizing the whole space and, you know, not really stepping back to see the whole picture or even like zooming in to see like, okay, it's really just this wall that you don't like. Say that it's like the whole space that you don't like. So even thinking about like, okay, you may have some things that you don't own, right? But that doesn't mean that all of your belongings is trash, right? It doesn't mean that all of the things that you own does not hold value. It's just there's some extra things that can go but it's not everything, right? It's not everything that you own. So I, I love that. So it's it's almost like looking at one part 
and addressing that one part instead of hating everything, right? Because it's not everything. So I love that. And I love what you said about like the memories because I'm going to, this is the first time I'm talking about it, but it's top secret. So I actually have an, a virtual event that I'm going to be holding um, or hosting in May. And it's all about memorabilia. And so memorabilia is such a juicy topic because I grew up with a photographer sister that took hundreds of videos and thousands of photos. And my husband's a photographer. So creating memories is really, really important to me. And so I have a special place in my heart for how to, how do you organize your memorabilia? And so I have an entire event. And this is like a, this is actually like a, a project that I, it's an event that I wanted to do in person and I have it all written down for in person. And I say, you know, what? I think this is a good time to do it virtually. And I think people are really going to really, really resonate with it because it's going to be super fun. It's going to be so much fun. And so I think that's kind of, that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about memorabilia. We're talking about distinguishing between clutter and memorabilia. And sometimes I, um, sometimes they do overlap and sometimes they get confused and, and really it's like, how do you decipher between the two? And, and I, and I, I love helping people do that because, um, if you ever read, um, Marie Kondo's book, the life-changing magic of tidying up, she talks about doing memorabilia last because there's a lot of energy and there's a lot of emotions and it takes time to sort through these items. So you do them last. And so I absolutely agree. Um, and there's other special things that you can do with memorabilia and some fun ways you can organize them. Cause it's like, it's really hard. Like how, how do you organize the receipt um, for your husband's um, first date that he brought you on? Like, what do you, you don't want to throw it out? So what do you do with it? So there's a lot of those knickknacks and there's a lot of um, emotions and ideas that we mix in. And so I totally agree with you. Like, okay, there's some value here though. So yes, this is so juicy. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we will put, um, we'll put that book, the Marie Kondo book in the show notes for anybody who's interested in checking it out. And we'll also link uh, whenever you get that, I guess the, the landing page or whatever page you're going to use for yes. your your event, definitely let me know. And I will put that in the show notes and share it with folks. I um, will. Yeah. I think it's cool that you are doing it remote because then more people can join. I think that's the, sure. the really cool part about it. And the other thing too, I mean, this show is about networking and we talk a lot about how to get in touch with folks. And I've talked to people all over the country. And one thing that I think is really cool is that, you know, you could essentially make some partnerships or somebody could reach out to you and say, Hey, I'm in New York or I'm coming to New York or something. I have a friend in New York and then you never know what's going to happen. So for me, I would absolutely, now that I'm back on the East coast, love to, when this is all over, be able to link up and, and, and do something. If you've got an event or you've got something going on, um, we could even potentially one thought that I did have was, um, just seeing how to, to recreate the, the space that I've been in. Um, that's something that I've been thinking about for a really long time. And um, I think that it would be really fun if I'm going to be out here for a little bit, that would be really nice to just see what some of the options are because you don't know what you don't know. And that's where I think having access to people who can help you create a vision, give you some tips and tricks and stuff like that is really powerful. So I know that you have, you have two things that you're 
essentially offering right now. You've got the 15 minute consults. And like you said, those 15 minute consultations turn into in-person um, consultations or meetings. And are you still doing the in-person stuff now, or are you going to resume that portion after everything's over? Yes. So I just had a in-person consultation as a virtual consultation. So they work the same. It's really just about a lot of planning and assessing and it is through zoom or facetime or google hangouts and so yes as soon as it's safe to um connect with people more and be in people's spaces then i will be resuming my in-person uh consultations but they are going on just through uh via virtual technologies so does that mean if somebody is in dc or in florida or in cali would they be able to do the virtual stuff with you correct yes Yes. Awesome. Okay, <laughs> cool. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. So I think that'd be really cool for a lot of people to check out. If you do have, maybe you have a work from home space that you're struggling with and you have no idea what to do. Everything is a mess. So how do you deal with people who are maybe embarrassed with what they have? I mean, if you looked at the table that I'm sitting at right now, it's kind of a shit show, but I know that it is what it is, right? It, it can change, but there are a lot of people who might put this shame behind, you know, the mess they've made. Maybe that mess has been there for way too long, or they promised themselves they would clean it 60 times and they haven't done it. Or um, maybe they're painful memories that they have and they just really didn't want to go down that road because things are already difficult enough as it is. How do you deal with people's trepidations and maybe hesitation doing and showing them a space to you? For sure, this is this is a hot topic, and it's it's a it's a very touchy topic because shame um, shame says that you are disorganized, and shame says that it's your fault, and shame says that you can't change. So that's the difference between shame. That's what makes shame so insidious: is that you can't change it. That's who you are. And so when I talk to my clients about shame and guilt, which is used sometimes synonymously. And a lot of times they overlap. It's really about, you know, giving yourself grace. And it really is kind of productive to shame yourself for not abiding by a system that you never put in place in the first place. And it's counterintuitive to shame yourself for not doing what you don't know what to do, right? You know, it, it's, it doesn't make sense. And I know that's something that we do a lot. It's like, you don't have a system for your, you don't have an office. You didn't plan for this. So shaming yourself for not, you know, living by a structure that's not in place is unfair, you know? And it's counterintuitive. And if you don't know how to do something, because I think a lot of people, you don't know how to implement a system. You don't know where to start. To shame yourself for not knowing what to do and how to do it is also unfair. And it's counterintuitive because it doesn't educate you or give you the tools. It does nothing. It just, it kind of keeps you stagnant. And so I talk about this with my clients all the time. And I think sometimes it's just about allowing, you know, them to forgive themselves for what they don't know, forgive themselves for not having the system in place, whether they know how to put it in place or not. And also giving yourself grace for not knowing what you don't know yet. Hmm. I think it's important 
I think it's really, it's a part of the process. I think it happens when, you know, if you were to look at maybe the physical fitness industry, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe even beauty and makeup and even photography. I was watching uh, somebody on TikTok talk about his uh, photography clients and how it was actually a really cute TikTok. It was kind of where he was showcasing how they kind of come into his office and they see like these beautiful women on the, on the walls and these gorgeous photos and they're like, oh, I don't know, like I just turned 40 or I just had a baby or and I just haven't been feeling it and I got to do this, I got to do that. And he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they go into the actual studio and he hypes them up and he's like, no, look, this is you know, what I think and this is what I'm feeling and this is how I think this would look and we could do it this way and let me know what you think about that. And then boom, they go into that photo shoot and that woman has all this confidence and she just is rocking it and making it work. And that I think is a cool, it's a cool example because it kind of showcases that with a lot of stuff, there is going to be some underlying whatever, maybe it's shame, maybe it's disappointment. Maybe it's just, you just aren't where you feel like you should be. I feel like with clutter, that kind of happens a lot. You're like, eh, I, I, I'm, I'm living in this space, right? I see it every day. I walk past it. And yet here we are, you know, and you feel some type of way about it, but there's so much good that can come out of decluttering. There's so much good that can come out of organizing a space. There's so much good that can come out of feeling really nice and happy in where you're living. And a lot of times we just get really complacent. I feel with living less than we want or less than we really deserve. And we get complacent, we get stagnant, we get stuck and we stay there because we're like, well, if I tell somebody, I'm going to have to explain this shit show. And if I, you know, if I invite somebody in, they're going to be like, eh. so you, you feel some kind of way about it, but there has to be a shift. And I think when you're able to make that shift and come out of feeling those ways, you really can open up your life and open up your home for pretty drastic change. I don't know about you, but when I was a little, little girl, I would be cleaning and I would just feel so accomplished when I was done. Like, I would use the little powder that you can sprinkle on the carpet and I had my room smelling legit. I love cleaning to this day. I love cleaning. Um, and it gave me such joy to take a space and, and make it better because then I felt accomplished. I felt like I had done something. I felt like I had checked like multiple things off my to-do list and it still gives me that sense of accomplishment. So I think if you're able to spin the situation kind of like the photography example, if you're able to spin it and focus on other things and not focus on the shame and the guilt and the disappointment and the frustration and whatever, if you're able to shift it just even just a little bit and kind of figure out a couple of the good things, it makes it a lot nicer of a ride. I think a lot nicer of an experience to go from point A to point B. Oh, for sure. I love that. I love that. The perspective shifts. Um, That's like my favorite and it's, it's, I think, I know for me personally, the way that I function is the longer I delay acknowledging an emotion, the longer I have to deal with it. So it could get buried under something, but I think the acknowledgement a lot of times is sometimes just even acknowledging it first, um, because you can feel it inside and you can, you can feel the shame and you can feel the guilt. And I think the moment you say it out loud, the moment you put a name to it, um, you start the journey of letting it go or processing it or releasing it, you know, whatever you need to do after. But I think, I think that acknowledgement period is really important for yourself. And then getting that validation 
you know, whether it's from yourself or somewhere else, but it's like, let's name it. Let's name the pro let's name the problem first. Let's put it out there. Um, because it's the longer it's inside, it's like the, the harder it is, the harder it is to, you know, solve something that's not being named. You know, what, what did Jay-Z say? I love this quote. Um, you can't heal what you don't reveal. So I think, I think that's a super important component, a part of my sessions. So even though I'm not a trained, um, psychotherapist, you know, I am getting my PhD in social psychology and I will be getting my master's in mental health counseling. This is really where I dig into and pull from that is where it's like, okay, we, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta talk about this when it comes up. Right. If I don't make my clients talk about something they don't talk about, that's different. But if they bring it up, we, it's definitely important for us to like, let's bring it into the room. Like that's okay. And then we can let it go. And then sometimes you have to do that over and over. You ever, I don't know about you, you ever realize, like, it takes you several times, like, you have to say something to yourself, or you have to learn a lesson over and over and over and over and over before you get it. It's like, wow, I definitely, uh, we went through this, Rebecca, we went through this last year, the year before. And so it's like, I think it's that repetition. And it's just, it's just us humans, like. But if you don't name it, you know, it's it's hard to to solve it, you know. That's true. That's really true. And it it makes sense. I know everybody has done that. We sometimes we're a little hard headed. It happens. It it happens so to the best of us. Um <laughs> hard headed or we're just not paying attention. I mean, there's so many reasons why we we do what we do. But I For love sure. your I love your background. I think I think that's really cool to add that aspect of just the human condition and how we yes. operate. Um, yes. And I think when you work with people who trust you and who feel like they're being acknowledged and respected and, and yes. you know, you're holding a space for them. And I mean that literally and figuratively, but you know, if you're holding yeah. space for somebody and you're, and they trust you and you're trustworthy and you're kind or whatever to them, um, of course they feel more comfortable telling you why there's pain, why there's this, why there's whatever. And right. sure, they could go to a therapist and work through some of these issues. Maybe there's a huge underlying thing. Maybe some of those painful memories are from this trauma they experienced, whatever. Um, but you're at least able to take this one piece of their life, right? Their, their right. live space, their workspace, their whatever space it is, and help right. them start to move the needle, start to get the ball rolling. Right. Um, or maybe just, you know, the therapist or, or that person has gotten the ball moving for themselves. Maybe they come to terms with things. Maybe they've moved on, right? Maybe that other person they were living with moved out, whatever the situation is. And then you can kind of hop in like a, like a dump rope, double dutch. And <laughs> I love them. that. <laughs> right. You can, you come in, you do your work, you help them out in whatever respect that you, they need you. And then you can hop back out and then they're, they're good. And then the next time, you know, they've got a new space or they've got a new situation or they've got, you know, their life has changed in some way and they need to shift things around. Boom. They can reach back out, et cetera, et cetera. Or maybe they've, they've had the tools. They've been given the tools from you, from maybe Marie Kondo's book or some other books to learn what to do to move forward. I think, I think being armed with some of these tools, which is why I, I, I'm always shouting out books in the show notes because everybody that listens to the show loves to read and we love learning, right? You're getting degrees and people are doing certification programs and taking online courses. There's, everybody's doing kind of something to benefit and to better themselves. It's really right. powerful. 
I think that work is, it's powerful because it's something that you continually have in your toolbox. It's not something that you, you like a meal, you go to that one restaurant one time, you have a great experience, you make some memories and then it's over. Right. Right. You maybe have a picture, but you, you can't do anything with that later. Whereas if you sit down and you read a book or you have a consultation or you learn a new thing, you can take that with you and build on that and grow with it. It's, it's, I think that's, um, I think that's really important. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, um, I love the idea of what you said of them, um, reaching out when they need help in this particular space in this home. Because it just makes, it makes me think of the quote, like it takes a village. I know they say it takes a village to raise a child, but I just think the uh, the um, adult version is just like unique community, right? So you have your therapist, right? You have your psychotherapist, you have your professional organizer. Maybe you have the cleaning person, then you have your business mentor, you have your spiritual mentor, right? You have your mom, like you have all of these different people in your life that serve a purpose, that support you in different areas. And so I absolutely think that, um, you know, I want to see professional organizers to be more on that, like Rolodex for people. Um, you know, you have like your accountant, you know what I mean? Like your tax person, like all of these people really help you organize different areas and they're an expert in these areas. And sure, maybe you can learn them yourselves, but it's really about like being efficient and, um, properly delegating different um, parts of your life to other people that actually spend their life doing the thing. Like, again, we can do our taxes ourselves, right? They have turbo tax, but you really want to like, when you get to a certain point in your life and like you're on your grown woman shit, you're like, okay, I can't do this. Sure. But I need to learn when, when I, I need to be able to discern when I need to delegate these tasks. Right. And so like, you have a tax person that has spent their life, they spend their day doing this and they have a different level of expertise than they do and they enjoy doing it. I think, you know, sometimes black women, we feel like we need to do everything and be the masters of everything. And even when we're trying not to, like, it's, it's like a natural thing. Even, even when we're like, okay, I know I need to delegate. Somehow we end up falling into the trap of doing, you know, that's superwoman Kate. The superwoman syndrome is real and it shows up in ways where you're like, wow, I didn't even, I thought, I thought I was delegating properly. I really thought I was asking for help. And so I think it's just something that is like a deep conditioning that we're all still unlearning and it's important to see where it still shows up. And it shows up a lot, even in personal development, where we, you know, even look at our homes as a project that we need to take on alone. And it's like, no. Ma'am, you can go drop, go ahead and drop that laundry off. Okay. Drop the laundry off, go to task rabbit, you know, get someone to put up those shelves. You know what I mean? Call add professional organizer to that list. Right. Because I think this is also a new area, a new thing for black people in general to really see like, Oh no, this is, this is someone that needs to be in my list of community people helping me right under accountant you know, right under business mentor, business coach. So uh, yes to support and asking for help. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's important. And, and, you know, I also agree with you that, you know, you have to be able, I think it's important as grownups that we understand what is out there. We know what's out there. We know 
what kind of things we can get support on on TaskRabbit or on different apps, right? We know that we can hire somebody to do X, Y, and Z. If we don't know, then it's harder, I think, for a lot of us to ask for that support and to go seek it. A lot of us don't know we can do A, B, C, and D and and have someone outsource that. We don't know that we can outsource it. And, you know, historically and via generation and generation behind us, we've had... um, We've had this thing where we pass on this torch of, you know, figure it out, figure it out and get it done, figure mm-hmm. it out and get it done. It doesn't matter what it is. You figure it out and you get it done. And a lot of the times it's because we don't necessarily have the tools. We don't have the bandwidth. We don't have the support. Um, and then sometimes we just don't know. And that's why, you know, shows like this, highlighting people who are doing different things. is something that I'm really passionate about doing because it expands our, our horizons. If you didn't right. know that you could hire a tax person for a really good price, that's comparable to TurboTax. You're not going to think to hire somebody, even right. if you know that accountants exist and, um, you know, you would end up just struggling with TurboTax, maybe calling the 1-800 number. And then it may be even spending that extra money that you have to, you have to pay when you call. Cause they, they were like, well, we're going to, we're going to start charging you guys for calling this number because people were calling all the time, getting support. And basically this is the same shit. You can go into the whatever tax place and get it. You know what I mean? And, and that's where you have to expand your understanding of what's possible. Where can you delegate? Where can you show up and, and give yourself more ease and not feel guilty? Cause you know what? We're the first ones to do everything ourselves, but we're also the first ones to get shunned when we do try to get support. A lot of times, you know, it's, it's other people that can get the support and, and hire that nanny and do this and hire that cleaner person and hire that coach. But when black women show up and need that support and they say that we're going to do it, we get all kinds of side eyes. Oh, you're doing that. Oh, so you must not be good at it. Or, you know, there's all, we could do a whole episode on this. I feel, um, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of drama there and For sure. it's just not, it's not, it's not cool. And that's why I think yeah. it's really important to own not only your, your own just expertise in what you're willing to do, what you're not owning your time, owning your mental space. You know, what do you have the mental bandwidth right now? We're all overwhelmed, even though we're not moving around as much. A lot of us are really overwhelmed. So what can you do to make your life easier? What can you do to create more ease? And sure, you may not be able to delegate certain things right now because you just can't. But when this is over, when this whole quarantine social distancing crap is over, what can you start to do to make your space better, to make your life better, to make your personal relationships better, to make how you show up every day better? I really hope that people listen to these episodes and then start to implement some of the things that they can start to shift and to do um, once this is lifted and we have life kind of back to normal. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, um, that's a big, that was a lot, but I, yeah, I just wanted no. to say that. <laughs> That is great. You're right. We could do a whole entire episode about Black Mm -hmm. women outsourcing and delegating and the reasons we do or don't and what happens when we do, all the feelings that we have, all the projections that we get from other people, opinions, uh, Mm -hmm. a whole entire episode. I will say this, though, just as an affirmation for myself and to your listeners and to you, if you receive it, like we don't have time to do the same things that our mothers and grandmothers were doing, right? We're, we're living a different life. Our life is not the same. And I think we have some residual of what we needed, what our um, foremothers had to do, but we actually don't have to do the same thing. We're not carrying the same burden. Our time is not set up the same. And so we really don't have time 
you know, and I was just telling my husband, like, I don't have time to clean. And I know it sounds crazy, but it's just like, I'm really attuned with my values. So it's like looking at your values and I'm, I have the privilege of having different values than my mom did, right? Because her life was different. Her time was different. It was different circumstances, but it's like, I don't have time to think how my mom was thinking because my life is not the same as her. I don't have time to sit in that place. Like our time is not the same. And so, you know, like I could just look like, okay, I can clean the dishes, but I have a dishwasher, right? You know, like things like that. It's like, I don't have time to do the dishes. And it seems like so small and so silly. And, and I think there's, there is some shame of like, no, no, you know, wash the dishes. I feel like there's this residual, um, idea of like us, we need to remain thrifty or we need to, um, we need to be just conscious of money and resources. And we do, but we need to shift what area and how we're being conscious of money and time. Because at the end of the day, my most valuable resource is, is my energy, right? Like that, that is how I think. How, how, how can I best preserve my energy? Because if I work myself into the ground, all of this business building, all of this time I'm trying to save means nothing. Time, money, all resources come after my most valuable resource, which is my energy. And that is what we're trying to preserve. Preserve your energy, sis. Preserve your energy, sis. How can you do that? Through delegation and, and outsourcing, right? That's really, that's my thing. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. we don't have to yeah. be tired. <laughs> We don't. All right, I'm off my soapbox. I was, I was just hey. really like, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta let people know it's important. And <laughs> the one thing that I will add to that is the the time management part because I found myself saying, oh well, I don't have time to do the dishes. I love cleaning, by the way. I love it. It's like something that really helps, like calm me down. It, like I said earlier, since I was a kid, like I've been obsessed with cleaning. My mom and I—that's like one of the things we d- would do together. I loved cleaning, and I still do. But then I got to a point where I was doing the dishes. I'm like, damn, it's taking so long. Sometimes it would take me like an hour to get things done. And I was like, I don't have, I don't have the time, right? But then it's like, really, Whitney, you don't have. 40 minutes to clean your space, to pick up after yourself, to blah, 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 to work out, right? These, these bits of time. And it's like, sometimes we don't just being honest. Sometimes we don't, but sometimes we don't have time because we were screwing around on TikTok for 40 minutes earlier, or because we decided to chit chat with the dog or the neighbor, or, you know what I mean? Like we, we, sometimes we lose our, our organization of time. And that ends up leading us to not have as much energy or bandwidth or whatever. And, and we think that we need to, to do a, a, B, C, and D, but in reality, we need to reprioritize our, our day or our time. So I think organization of time could absolutely be a part two to this, um, organization of delegation and, uh, resources yeah, that could also sure. be like a part three. We could do like a series. Um, yes, this was sure. so, so good. Um, okay. So I want to, I just want to highlight a couple things real quick. One, your website for those who have their phones out is organizedforlove.com. It's a great okay. website. You have a lot of different content on there, helpful information, your contact page. Um, if you go to the, if you guys go to her Instagram page, the at organized for love IG page, that page has, um, 
the link in bio where you can book a consultation. You can reach out. There's other links that she has in there. The The consultation over the phone or whatever, the first one, the intro one is a 15 minute call. That's free, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's totally free call. You can book that and then see what you think, see if it's going to be a good fit. And then you can book the one-on-one virtual, which is essentially open to everybody. Even if you're in Guam or Canada or Mexico, it doesn't matter. So this is a really cool opportunity to do that. Just in general. Um, what we'll, what we might do is when you and I go live on Instagram, um, after this airs, what, what I'll do is maybe when we get on IG live, we can do something and just kind of show people a little bit about what that might look like. So if you are curious, you want to see, maybe we can do a mini like five minute consult, or maybe we could take the 15 minutes and do it on IG live. I, I am completely open with you being honest on the IG live in front of everybody. We can do that. And I'll save it and I'll post it somewhere later so people can watch this and, and see what it what it's like. Um, you have really good content on your page. Anybody who's listening, I think, would benefit from following you on Instagram. So guys, check out her page. Make sure you're following her. Watch the stories. Um, she, she goes live with people sometimes and the conversations are just money, just straight up money. I dropped in on oh, one of thank you. <laughs> your IG lives you did the other day. And I was like, damn, this is good. I should be paying for this. Oh. It was such a good conversation. It really, really <laughs> honestly was. I, I peek in on a lot of IG lives because I like to support people. So, um, and, and whatever they're doing, because I've, you know, people are doing all kinds of IG lives and I hopped on yours and I was like, dang, this is good. It was such a good conversation. So thank you so um, much. <laughs> yeah, you've got some really good content. So guys, um, if you have any questions about this, if you want to dive deeper, reach out to us. Um, you know, my IG handles, I actually changed it recently. So as of this episode, my IG handle is no longer at Whitney Danielle Coaching. It's at Whitney Danielle Co underscore. I hate underscores. That's how you're going to remember it. But it's Whitney Danielle Co underscore. Um, and then we have the normal network and spill page. So make sure you're following me, make sure you're staying attuned to what's going on. Cause we will go live on IG and, um, yes, please share this episode out. This is an episode that I feel like is really applicable to yes, everyone. For sure. This is great. Yeah. This is so juicy. <laughs> so good. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for joining us. You're so welcome. Bye y'all. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>